search. Each man different, living his own way, searching, discovering numero uno. Welcome, BBCers, to episode number 98 of the Broken by Concept Solo Q, best solo Q podcast in the world, right here. You're tuning in. I'm uh, Nathan Mott. I coach jungle and teach people how to hit their camps and stuff and gank properly. Curtis is a mid lane coach. He talks about um, how to perfectly manipulate the wave so you get massive CS advantages and solo kill your opponent. We can finally say I'm very happy that we finally have two challenges sitting on here. I'm rank 34 Oceania. You're rank 30 Oceania. Um, because Curtis was really struggling. Am I 29? There. I think I'm like, tw- I'm like in the 20s I now. I literally just checked. Is 30? You've been, you've been bumped down, Curtis. Bump. So we're, we're pushing for top 10, going to the end of the season, Curtis. We're, we're going there. I, we, we gotta, we gotta start off with a little success story. I love success stories talking about, uh, cause we do read the comments for our episodes. You know, we don't really respond to many of them, but we do see them. And if we do respond to it, it's going to be in, um, in the next episode. So uh, we talked about last game, about three, sorry, not last game, last podcast, about three losing lanes. And uh, someone in the comments called Possibly a Bird said, he was so excited. He's like, yo, perfect timing. I just had three games in a row where all my lanes died three times in the first five minutes. Hopefully this helps. He's like, all excited. He's like, yes, Nathan and Kirsten, give me the answer, right? And then it has like, it had like 12 likes. And then he, re- then he replies after, after watching and he goes, Okay, so after watching the three losing lane segment, I've went to, I realized I went to review the games and it was 100% my fault, two of the games, where I didn't ping the enemy jungle even though enough and I missed a few free ganks. And so he's just realizing that two of the games actually were completely his fault, which is sort of the message. That's the message. That's the message of, of that. And it's really funny because the first comment has like less likes than that second comment because it's sort of just sort of shame. It's like, this guy actually took responsibility. That's a huge thing. Huge key theme in the Broken by Concept Universe podcast. We talk about taking responsibility, using your brain, figuring out how did my actions impact the game, and he was able to get some results and actually take away from those those uh from that that segment because it's so funny. I'm just picturing him like going into that. It's like the title of because you know you love your clickbait titles, right? You're like three losing lanes, like how to deal with it, and then he's probably all excited. It's like this is what you do specifically. You like go here, you do this, or like. Or saying something like, uh, you, you don't use lose those games. But we actually said, you know, it's actually your fault why you have three losing lanes. And you have the example where you couldn't remember in like 20 games when you've actually had three losing lanes. Mm. Like it happens so rarely if Very you actually rarely, think about yeah. it. Obviously, jungle's a bit different because theoretically you're the lane. So if you're losing the lane, you know, yourself. You yeah. Know? So it's sort yeah. of like two side, two losing lanes, you know. So I thought that was really funny. Um, and that's awesome to see. You know, it's, I saw someone on one of the... Uh, when I've had discords, they said, uh, the BBC magic strikes again, you know, it's just saying, bam, this stuff is important important. topic, man, important topic. And we have that now for reference. Yes, we do. Absolutely. That's a huge, people love three losing lanes. All right. Massive. We're moving into preseason already, Curtis. Preseason. We got 12.10 changes that the the meme is it's preseason because this is like, could, you know, have really big impact in the game. Riot released a post called... I like how they called quick gameplay thoughts. It sounds like it's like a little quick, like, oh, quick gameplay thoughts. Here we go, guys. This is what we're thinking. This is big. We're going to, this is the most of the majority of this episode. We're going to be breaking down um, these uh, notes in this article by Riot Games. And I, I mean, most of you guys have heard it down, heard it, uh, I mean, seen it, but we're going to break it down, get into the details as my t-shirt says, yeah. All right. So let me get the post up here. 
Um, Were you expecting something this big, Curtis? To be honest, when I saw those changes, I thought this was for next season. Yeah. Yeah. Like legitimately, I thought it was really? for next season. Yeah. I thought it was like, oh, these are the rumors about what's happening uh, next season. This is their thoughts going and moving forward into the next yeah, season. But, but, yeah, but when I saw it was happening now, I was like really shocked. Um, so I think what we got to do, we got to read it out because, because okay. So first things first is everyone is looking at all the PBE notes, right? The numbers, this amount of HP, this amount of, well, these are the stats that are changing, but Nathan, we're talking off camera. Nathan had a really good point. We need to start bigger picture first. Let's start bigger picture. Let's actually read what Riot is trying to do. And then we can get progressively more detailed in talking about how you as a player can deal with it. How is this going to affect your champion pool? If it's going to affect your champion pool, how you can adapt to the changes? What can we expect? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll start very high level and let's try and get aligned with what Riot is trying to do first. You go ahead and read it. Uh, so we'll link this article in the in the YouTube description if you want to yep. read it yourself. <clears throat> All right, patch 12.10. We'll be introducing some changes to increase the durability of every champion on the roster to reduce the overall amount of damage in league. We're looking to accomplish this by increasing the following stats. Base health, health per level, armor per level, magic resist per level. This increase in durability also necessitates some adjustments to the surrounding systems of the Rift to make sure they are correctly tuned. Relative to the increased durability, these include nerfs to sustain, buffs to Baron, turrets, and mana regeneration. Curtis loves his mana in the in the mid lane. Uh, now, before we go deeper, we're going to be what to expect. All right, so why more durability? Actually, firstly, any comments on that so far, Curtis? Or? No, keep going. <clears throat> One more durability. Devs and players agree there is currently too much damage in League. While tons of damage can be fun and exciting, we believe that increasing champions' defensive stats will be beneficial for letting players showcase their skill by giving them more opportunities for counterplay and to live out their high moments. So they say devs and players agree, Curtis. Do you agree with that sentiment, that statement, that there is too much damage in League of Legends? Uh, I can't answer yet. I don't know. I don't know. I'm on the fence. So I'm just going to be quiet. From reading that line a little bit there. So these are, these are some things that I definitely notice in my games. Um, supports, I think are a little bit overtuned with the damage that they can do. Specifically, I, I have many, many memories of a, a Nami with electrocute, you know, that new light Nami Lucian. I, like she literally does more damage than a mage mid. I'm mm. not even joking at like level three, level four. Mm. And Leona, and Nautilus, these champs do, I think they do do too much damage for being a support. It's like, I have to literally worry about, but then you can argue, it's like, well, you know, maybe supports really want that. You know, they want to be impactful in the game. But I think supports might be too impactful potentially. And just one specific one, just Orn. Like, Orn's a goddamn assassin, man. Do you experience with this, Curtis? Not really. I you don't, don't think he does Orn. much damage? I don't see much Orn as well, but like when I see, you know, some, some Orns and stuff like that, they, they can be doing too much damage. Those are two things that spring to mind in terms okay. of champions, things that shouldn't be doing a lot of damage, but are like still doing a lot of damage. Like, you know, sort of like those type of type of champs. All right, before talking about the changes themselves, we want to reassure that we aren't trying to create a meta where there are no kills by 15 minutes into the game. That's very important. So that's very interesting that that's on the front of their mind. 
There are actually quite a few things we like in the current state of league. Some, pro, some pros of lower survivability include a sizable amount of players enjoy high kill games. It leads to more exciting pro metas and it rewards good play with kills, which is much more satisfying than just forcing someone to recall. That said, lower survivability has also downsides which outweigh the positives. Lower survivability leads to game states where squishy carries and supports in particular struggle to have an impact in the game due to being one shot with low counterplay in too many situations. When you're dying so fast that it's difficult to tell what killed you, game clarity takes a hit which leads to frustrating experiences. I can definitely say that. I definitely think there's definitely situations like where did that damage come from? I tell you specifically what you know you look at the damage shots after i'm surprised how much true damage there is in the game sometimes do you ever notice that i don't really look at true damage yeah. i just look at total damage dealt total damage dealt. Yeah. interesting because i'm trying to figure out what the, because i guess you don't build defensive stats so you don't care it depends situationally it depends on the champ yeah like cassio i do but um, on live, combat can sometimes be overly rewarding when high threat champions only need to use a portion of their kit to secure a kill. Ideally, players should have to play around their champion's key skill test to hit those satisfying combos. Example, Zed's triple shuriken, other ones that I think about is like Syndra combo, REE, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Long term, we think poor skill tests make playing your favorite champions a lot less satisfying. Another issue we've noticed with lower survivability is that it creates abrupt and confusing teamfights and skirmishes when champions die so quickly. Shorter teamfights are hard to follow, limit the opportunities players have to make smart decisions, showcase their skills, and ultimately aren't living up to the epic clash of legends fantasy teamfights should be delivering on. Since teamfights are one of the most enjoyable parts of the league, we want to create more opportunities for players to engage in those high-energy, game-changing 5v5s. Any comments on that, Curtis? Um, again, I think like one of the things we've got to remember is that a lot of these changes, they're trying to appeal to the largest audience possible, not to the high elo player base. I tend to disagree that team fights are the most exciting part of the game. I don't think that's the case at all. Um, and I do like the fast paced nature of team fights. I like it that, you know, a, a player can just get one shot, like in a 2v2 or 3v3, if you miss position. Like, I like that. I think that's what makes the game one of the part, one of the reasons the game is quite, the game is quite fun. It's unforgiving in that element. And, and that's the way the game has developed over the past few years. So we've got to remember, like in the back of our mind, reading this is that they're trying to appeal to the largest audience to keep people interested and playing their game so they can continue to make money and, have a large player base, right? Keep everyone happy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you think about it, I guess that most people do get team fighting. They are, I think they are right. Team fighting is they the have most fun. exciting yeah. bit. I mean, it's so funny because for me, I my goal in my games with my champion pool is I never want to get to team fights, you know? Mm, mm. Obviously, you know, I'll still get there and I'll still have to play. But again, it's I'm looking for... a small for, part of the game, isn't it? Team fights, really. Like, when you think about it. I will say in our, our level of play, yeah. Skirmishes are big. Yeah. Laning is big. But 2v2-3-3s are like it. Like, team fights don't happen all that often. Like, a real big team fight. Like, maybe haven't won a game, maybe. But by then, the game's probably decided anyway, you know? Yeah. At least in Solik. an interesting one. Yeah, in Solik. I'm just so, trying to think. So, that's that. all I want to say here. I, I just think that it's important that we note that this is not just for the high elo community. We've got to really empathize with the majority of the player base here. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I definitely am a little bit scared of that statement there from a jungler's perspective. Yeah. Okay, guys, you want to read the next yeah, bit? Yeah, I'll read the next bit. So, 
12.10, what to expect. We still think that League is at its best when it's fast-paced, high-intensity combat, filled with high-intensity combat. But now that it's gone too far in that direction, we need to rein it in a bit. We don't think that any particular champions, items, or systems are out of line, in brackets, even if they may have contributed to the root cause. Which is why we're increasing durability across the board rather than removing or toning down specific offensive sources. Here is a TLDR of what you can expect in your games with a champion durability update. Number one, players will feel that their champions are dealing and taking less damage. Number two, burst champions must commit more resources or be further ahead to get quick kills. Number three, bigger windows of opportunity for counterplay. Number four, skirmishes and teamfights will last longer. Champion durability isn't the only thing we're adjusting. Increasing overall durability has a lot of knock-on effects. Notably, sustain becomes more powerful in preventing champions from reaching burst thresholds, so we are reducing sustain across the board. Other side effects we're looking at include map elements like Baron and turrets doing less damage, champions running out of mana more frequently, and scaling champions staying alive more often to reach their win conditions. We've proactively adjusted some of the, well, more more well-known variables over the past patches and will continue to do so post-launch as they emerge. One subset of champions that will be certainly affected are the burst damage dealers, not necessarily just assassins. We believe that champions should still be able to be burst killed, especially when they're out of position or playing poorly. High burst champions doing reasonably well should still be able to 100-0 squishy champions with their full kit in bold, if so they succeeded, their abilities. Yeah, if they succeeded in passing their their core skill test, if these champions are extremely ahead, multiple levels and or thousands of gold, then we think it is reasonable for them to kill a champion with only part of their kit, only because they have passed their core skill test many times. For any given amount of lead, burst champs will have to press one or two more buttons than before in order to secure hundred to zero kills. Our intent with this update isn't to over-nerf burst champs, but we're keeping an eye on them to make sure they land in a healthy spot. And then they go on to say, you know, we're going to be monitoring the launch, making sure it doesn't become like a hardcore tank meta where everything's just unkillable um, or where pro play becomes a snooze fest. Their goal is to hit a sweet spot where all classes are viable. Tactical combat has good pacing, allowing for moments of skill expression and the balance of snowballing and scaling in healthy states. So let's back it up here a little bit. I think there's a lot of gems in this what to expect section. So I think the first thing worth noting here is that um, I love, uh, it's interesting what they say here, you know, how they talk about this subset of champions, these burst oriented champions, right? When I, when I think of this, I think of like a, like a Kha'Zix or like a Zed, Fizz, etc. They want to make it such that you have to land all of your abilities to actively kill someone rather than only using a subset of your kit, right? So a Zed might miss the shurikens, but then still have like the, the, the RE auto and like kill someone or something like that. Or maybe a Kha'Zix misses the W um, or something like that and is forced to do more auto attacks to actually kill them rather than just one-shotting with like Q auto or something. Um and so they're wanting, they're basically wanting people to have more champ mastery in a way, forcing people to have more champ mastery, more prowess over their kit in order to actually snowball or kill people, which is an interesting thing to note because I think that's going to piss off a lot of people. Yeah. the Straight def- away. Def- straight def- off. Definitely the assassin, the assassin end of people. I mean, 
I mean, if you think about it, though, you know how you LeBlanc said... LeBlanc plays as well. You know how you think about it when you said... So LeBlanc would make sense because she has, like, clear, like, the chain. She, like, chains. It sounds like she's going to yep. have to hit the chains in the You w, have to right? do the right combo, yep. But with a champion like Karzix, mm. you don't really have any abilities. You say throw the W, but there's no way W ever is going to be really that mm. important, mm. you know, in terms of damage. Like, that does concern me a bit. If I think of a champion like Rexar, I'm going to get my combo off every time. You know, if I'm not if I'm looking at my combo, if I'm not going to kill him anyway, yeah. even right now, it doesn't affect champs that you're getting your full combo off anyway. I think it affects That's champs what that to. I think it will affect champs like Kha'Zix, right? Because you might have to stay in combat a little bit. You're going to have to stay in combat longer, or you're going to have to adapt your build to be, you know. Yeah, well, again, around. then that champion no longer becomes an assassin. That That's means correct. you're going for the Bruiser, That's Conqueror, Black Cleaver. Kane as well, right? So this is definitely an interesting one. Definitely, I'll say that this is definitely assassins are, are sweating uh, right now. Again, okay, we don't really know where the numbers are going to be. Well, th- there is numbers. We'll get to the numbers that they've proposed. Obviously, these are going to change. But l- l- let's start to analyze Nathan um, the flow and effect, or what 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 the average player could expect. Okay, because there's a lot of information here. So first things first, they said core things. Everyone's going to feel like they're dealing less damage, and you got to just commit more resources to kill people. There's going to be way more windows for counterplay. Well, that's interesting. Bigger windows of opportunity for counterplay can also be interpreted in a different way. The game is more forgiving. Like you can misposition and be caught off and but still survive, which is interesting. Now, I'm going to use a few examples. So what I think the better way to approach this, I'm going to kind of talk about scenarios where I feel as though this... It'd be interesting to see if this changes things. And then I want you to talk about it for maybe a few scenarios from a jungle perspective, right? So a common one that I see right now is Victor via Kali. Any, any immobile champion versus Kali. If you're playing Victor via Kali, Ori versus Kali, Syndra versus Kali, basically anything that doesn't have a dash or a major self-peel ability versus Kali. If the Kali has Ignite at level six, if you're remotely past halfway you're in kill threat range and you will get 100 to zeroed. I mean, I can't tell you. I've done so many... Even if she misses her E. Uh, she does it. Yeah, she doesn't necessarily need her E. She, she can kill anyone at 100 to zero if you walk past that halfway point with no mobility inside your kit. And I've done many, many, many reviews with people who come in, say, Curtis, how do I play versus Kali? It's unplayable. Mm. You know, all this stuff, right? Mm. In a way... I do, I, I, I do think there should be more counterplay in certain areas. I, I do believe that. Because at the moment, I, I, I think it's really... I think it's good that there's counterpicks in the game, but I don't think that there's these obvious moments where I feel like it's unreasonable to expect someone to to know... How, like, the, the, the counterplay isn't extremely obvious is what I'm saying. There should be a very obvious counterplay winner for, for the average player. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, sure, at the highest level, when you're really, really good at wave management and you can attack the person's mana pool. But even then, it's it's very difficult because you've got to attack the Akali pre-6 because Akali scales so goddamn well. And they're, they're always thinking, well, if I go even, I'm going to lose anyway. I have to do something. So it's a, it's a lose-lose scenario. I do think there are situations like that where I, I can see where people are coming from and I can see how the average player would get very frustrated, especially if they didn't have a coach telling them, breaking down a scenario like that, what exactly to do. Because it is... It's unclear. It's not like it's not like you're you're dying to like a Zed and the Zed uses like the triple shuriken combo perfectly and there there, there is obvious counterplay. The Akali, yeah. it's like a point and click ability. Mm. Like the abilities ca- can't really be missed and you don't even need the E to, let, to usually kill someone to zero. So I think those are scenarios where I, I, I can definitely see 
yes. where Ryder comes I, from. I guess that the the follow up there, the the connection is there is certain champions that you know the point and click and stuff yeah. that like these changes are gonna, should be more geared towards. But maybe the champions that you know the the abilities, you know, as you said, like you know the. I mean, I guess again, Kakai's all point and click, right? And I guess like, I well, guess, the E isn't, but technically the Q is a skill shot. But yeah, the Q is really easy. Rexai, you know, Kazi, something about the Assassin mm. Jungles. Eve, I mean, I mean, Eve shouldn't require full W to kill people. I think that breaks that champion if she does right. require that. Right. So it could, yeah, you're saying it, it could really some affect ch- some champs, and then other champs it actually needs to be done. Yeah, so that's why it's, being across the board like this can be very dangerous. Yeah, the general, general, being yeah. general, you know, is scary in a way. Yeah. Um, okay, so what I want to do is, and I want to kind of go back in time a little bit, Nathan. Well, so it goes skirmishes and teamfights will last longer. That's a big problem for healing, Curtis. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's, let's... Okay. You want to talk about healing at yeah, all, Curtis? Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll talk about skirmishes and teamfights. So, so one of the things... So, we, Nathan, we've played for a long time. We've seen many different metas. And, and you know, we obviously read... Uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. And one of the things he talks about is generally everything is just another one of those. In the past, when something's been going on long enough, you generally see the trends and the patterns. League has gone through many, many cycles, life cycles, where it it goes very high damage, very high durability, then very high damage. It's just a constant back and forth. They're trying to find that like sweet spot. And I think right now, they're actually done a really, really good job. Now, where I think Riot kind of messed up and they didn't foresee this, is that they added so much healing into the game through items and, and just through kits, right? But specifically items and runes. And this is my one of my pet peeves with the game of League of Legends. This is probably one of my only major pet peeves with the game itself outside of the, the systems around it, like the solo queue and stuff. Healing is a very difficult concept to, to really balance. Like spell vamp, Om, like the Omni Vamp, sorry, um, and Lifesteal and things like that. They're very finicky concepts because you can't put a gold value on things like Omni Vamp because they change the dynamic of a lane or a game very, very, ma- like massively. And what I'm saying is that I, I think that over time, they overestimate or they underestimated the effect that healing would have on the way the game plays out. And, and, um, Specifically in top lane, as even in support in bot lane as well. But so you're focusing on the laning phase, even in mid lane. lane. Yeah, because this phase. is this has a massive chain effect on the meta. So like back in the day, healing was much. I would say like okay, it wasn't hard to come by, but I guess people, the healing didn't matter as much. It goes through phases where the damage is so high that the, the sustain doesn't really yeah, matter, doesn't or the matter. sustain is so high that tanks just die. Like tanks just become useless because sustain is so high. I've been through this when I, I played top through certain metas when I was a pro player and mid through certain metas as a mid player. And I remember distinctly moments where I'm thinking, there's no point playing a tank here because they're just going to play like a Fiora or something and we, we can't win. We don't have enough damage to kill that Fiora. There's also been metas where it's been the other way around. Tanks are way too strong and the healing doesn't matter because the Grievous Wounds is too strong. The durability these tanks are getting give them plus the damage they have inbuilt within their kits and true damage is too much. And we, the healing just doesn't do jack shit. Healing is, the, I think, that is one of the pivotal concepts in the game that has really made it difficult to balance. And it's kind of like the the one variable that shifts um, where the meta goes. And for a large portion of everything, if you actually think about mid lane as well, specifically in mid lane, 
Fleet, things like Fleet have been a massive bane in the in the side of because that was there was like a huge meta last year where like sustained like Fleet mids D shield secondary resolve. Especially for champions that don't have mana. Shilbo was a massive Shilbo, one that came in, like, yeah. Lifesteal changes many lanes. And and I think that um you've got to be so careful when you're when you're increasing uh when you're decreasing healing and inc- increasing durability at the same time as well, right? Mm. That's where things can get yeah, very I mean, at the end of the day. I mean I remember back in my um my wow arena days when I was playing because like, I play I was a healer, you know, I was playing like RLS and stuff and there was certain like, like there were certain comps that were just would just like roll over certain metas where it just too much damage and the healers yeah, were just, too much damage. You'll yeah. go for triple DPS comps. Yeah, but then there was other you know sort of iterations where healing was just the games would go so long. They had to like put in a mechanic in WoW where the longer the game goes, healing gets reduced, reduced, right, reduced because right. games were just the going were way too long. Too long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is in other games as well, and I just think healing is a very difficult thing. And I think a lot of this, a lot of the way the meta is going to go is going to the way it pans out will be determined based off how how the healing is going to interact with the durability. Um, now, I don't... One thing, again, I'm just not a fan of skirmishes and teamfights lasting longer. Yeah, that's That's the one me. thing that doesn't me. sit with yeah. well with me. Like, I get where they're coming from. Mm. I get where they're coming from more, like, in the lane phase, but I, I don't like it in the skirmishes and teamfighting, which it, it, you can't have one with the other, you know? Like, if you're increasing base stats, it's just the way it's going to go. Sorry, the, the one thing I wanted to mention from before, Nathan. Um, tanks. Okay. So... I do believe in a weird way, like, again, this is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk very, very high level here. In a way, like we said before, healing is obviously one concept that is getting buffed, getting nerfed, and determines the meta. Overall durability and damage, that's really at the highest level, kind of what is even above life still, isn't it? Durability or damage, it's kind of like the one thing, right? And as they've, I think... So there's the two core pillars, durability and damage. Lifesteal's beneath that. And lifesteal's kind of like a multiplier in a way. That's the way I view it. So you've got durability and then you've got damage. And then lifesteal's like the the, the 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 multiplier of whatever it is is in favor. So if damage is really high, but then lifesteal's also quite rampant, then the damage becomes out of control. You can't kill them because they have damage and lifesteal. Same thing with the other way around for durability. And, and, and what I mean by this is that they can't tanks can never be strong with the current iteration of league until they fundamentally change the numbers and this is where i think a lot of this has come from i think at riot what they've realized is that no matter what we do to the the actual specific champions or what we do with the itemization tanks will either be overpowered or really underpowered because at the moment, when a tank becomes meta, it just ruins the game, right? Like, there'll be an Orn that's just way too strong, or like a like a Mundo that becomes way too strong, or it's just useless. There's no middle point. Back in the day, when there was less, there was like, obviously less damage, but also like... Because runes, there was... There's also, there was less, less there's, healing. There's there was, also damage in runes and stuff like well, that. There was less well. healing as well, I would yeah. say, back in the day. Yeah, that's right. Right, where, to a certain degree, in, at least in runes, it was through items, less runes. And anyway... Tanks could be viable alongside durability, as the but the game changed, the itemization changed a lot, such that you can't ever have a tank meta now. I don't see. I actually, I think we had this conversation months ago where tanks are bro- like they will never come back. Like we couldn't see a world in which where the game currently is, tanks can never come back. And so I think the way they're going, they're realizing, look, we've we've messed up somewhere. Let's actually do a full 
clean reset in a way. Let's just make everything more durable. This this way we can actually have some breathing room to make tanks somewhat viable again. Because when is the last time you genuinely see tanks in top lane? Like just in a tank meta, like a Cho'Gath, a Maokai, Scion. No, the, 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 the closest thing you have to it is like, you, I mean, there was metas where like you have a Tarm top or something, but that's kind of niche. But it was mainly just nah. Like you would have like off 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 tanks. You would have yep. bruises. You would have semi tanks. Yeah, you'd have semi tanks. You would have nah and things like that. So tying all this back to again a very high level meta, I was thinking back to 2016 when I played top right, and we were in a tank meta in 2016, and I was playing a lot of Maokai. I was looking back at the champs because people were obviously interested in seeing what the meta could could potentially pan out like. Right at the time, what did we see? There was Maokai Na. They were like the two meta top picks. Like they were like you. So one team would be happy to have Maokai for more like uh, that's more more durability, fight. more team fighting. Na give you a little bit side lane pressure, a little bit more skirm, better skirmishing. But Maokai just better team fighting and stuff. But if the Na messed up once, the Maokai would get out of control. But if the Na got a lead, the Na could like kind of get shit done. Then we also saw. Um, like there was like some niche tops, like there was like, there was Mundo, there was like Cho'Gath and things things like that. In the junglers, there was either two routes. You would go like kind of more scaling, heavy scaling, like a Sejuani, like a Zac, something like that, or you would go um, something that was high damage, usually paired with like a utility mid laner, like a Kindred. Lulu Kindred was like a thing. Karma Kindred was a thing. We saw Kindred uh, come up a lot. But then there was also room for early game strategies with Elise and Jarvan. That was like a, a sub meta within the meta. Like you could play that risky style to try and get the ball rolling and snowball, right? That was still a thing. But then in the mid lane, we saw a lot of Victor. We saw Corky. We saw Azir. And we did see the niche uh, TF every now and then and Rise and things like that. But but it was mainly like the Corky, the Victor, the Azir. So high damage, sustained DPS. Victor also came into play also every now and then to beat yeah. like the Victor Azir yeah. meta. Uh, so it was high dura DPS. Durability, yeah, brings more so. It's like, I feel like mid's a huge one for that because then mm. you get, again, the Azir thrives Azir in that. comes into play, Corky, Corky Cassiopeia. Cassio, Victor. That was that meta. That was what was played all the time. Yeah. Um, and Where, then, where's the assassin in there? Yeah, there was very little assassins there at that no time. No assassins, you couldn't play. You it. couldn't play them, yeah. yeah. And then bot lane was pretty like tank support usually with like I mean you had the old the odd like Kate Morg, but it was usually like there was like Lucian Braum. There was like a lot of um, tanky supports, and I actually know there wasn't chances as well. There was actually a, a pretty big mix in bot lane. It was just the stock standard. So what I'm saying is that yeah, th this this promoted a that game at that time though the counter to that. What actually I remember distinctly what happened was then people started realizing you could attack the tanks with these more like semi-off tanks. Nile was the first one. We saw like, there was like uh, Echo Top came into play I to counter Maokai. Yeah. And then we, there was like Fizz, 80 Bruiser Fizz came into play. GP was actually a really big top pick into tanks as well because it can minimize and scale really well. GP was a really big pick, so we'd probably expect GP to come back. So what I'm saying is that like, yeah, when with, with more durability and tanks... There's more. I actually think there is more room for counterplay because the, there was unique Fiora strategies that were just harder, way, way harder to to implement. 
And then slowly, incrementally, 2017, so because 2015, 2016 was tanks. 2017, start of 2017, people started to replay a lot of Camille. Camille, that's Camille the, Camille was the came in because she did true damage and yeah, she was broken. Camille came into yeah. the meta and completely shifted everything. Yeah. And Camille beat Nah at that time as yeah. well. So what happened, it was like a cycle. Then what happened when Camille came into meta? Fiora came into meta, there was, was like a skill matchup. And then there was like Aurelia came into play. Aurelia, Camille, Fiora. And then it went through that cycle of like carry tops. And Jax. then Jax came into play again. And then what happened in top? They went back to tanks, back at worlds. People started playing Scion, Poppy, all these champions to counter the the bruises because at the time the champs like Camille, Fiora, etc., took so long to scale into the game. So you could these tanks would just have they would spike too early and they would run over the game. And um, I was actually looking back at our worlds 2017 uh, when we went towards reverse C9. Um, that was like a tank meta. We're playing like Sejuani. We're playing like high DPS. Chogath top. Like, I remember Chogath Impact top. was playing Chogath top versus yeah. Uh, I think we played Chogath top into his something. I can't remember what it was. I'm pretty sure. And they had a Nidley jungle, but with like, I can't remember what they played mid. But anyway, it was like a tank. It was like a lot of tanks. And we tried every year, 2017 split one, 2017 split two, 2018 split one. Tw- we, we tried playing split pushes because split pushes did work at t- certain times, but then we got shit on by tanks. But then there came a point, I think it was 20, it must've been 2019, where you couldn't play kind of the, the tanks the way you could play them anymore. And I think that's when like, maybe Conqueror got out of control or maybe yeah, there was Conqueror a sustain. Was the big one. Yep. Something, some, things changed with the runes and the, and the lifestyle and shit. You just couldn't play them as well. I mean, they were there here and there, but they just fizzled out. So I think we're just doing a full circle. I think what happened, they, 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 they're basically saying for the last three years, we've basically gone into this full damage damage lifestyle thing. Sustain. And we're going to, we, we want to try and wipe the, wipe it all clean. We fucked up somewhere. And then we're going to go back, try and make tanks meta again, or bring back the long elongated team fights and back what it was like in 2016. And this is going to do a full circle again. Then people are going to try and counter the tanks. People are going to abuse the tanks. Then people are going to counter the tanks. It's going to do a full circle at some point, right? So you're saying basically there's no way, like, it's just like, this is, this is not going to be a balance. It's just a shift in champions again. I just think it's just going to do the full cycle again. It's, so just, it's just a, a shift. It's just like, it's, it reminds me of shift like the Ray Dahl, like the, the long-term debt cycle. Like we, we go like the, there's like the inflation, the deflation. It's just like a whole thing. It's just going to go up and down again. Durability and damage. And last it was the multiplier, the multiplier every single time. Um, that's what I think anyway. I could be wrong. Maybe the numbers, maybe they're going to fiddle around with them not as much as they thought they would. But that's at least the way I'm, what I'm interpreting from this and what I've seen from the numbers. So that means... Mid laners, the meta will be dominated by elongated, high DPS Leandri builders usually. So obviously Victor will be strong, Casio. Um, you were going to see like, yeah, Victor Ori. Uh, we're going to also see Corky will come back. Azir might even come back. Things like that will come into play. But what's interesting, depending on the the numbers, people might just say, screw it. I'm going to leave that. I'm actually going to attack the immobility. People might still try to play early game. What Riot need to be careful of is we need to give room for that strategy because there was that time in 2017 where you could play early game. You could play the Elise, the Nidalee, shut down the tanks in the early game. There was like a, a brief period of time, early 2017, where that was a thing. That's actually where I think the game was very nice. It had the You had the optionality of going like a playing topside, like a Renekton Nidalee, playing topside and playing really fast. 
but you had the option of playing like an Elise, uh, um, uh, like a some very fast mid jungle or nearly invading the enemy jungle, shutting down the Sejuani, shutting down the Zac in the early game, high risk, high reward. But then you could also play really conservatively with a GP scale into mid game, play team fights. Um, Vlad might even come back. This also mm. last Vlad will definitely come back. The other thing I will say is that this is why they also didn't further nerf Ari. Because Ari traditionally does terrible in tank metas in the past anyway. They didn't want to attack her damage yeah. anymore. Ari thrives at the moment because, yeah, everyone's squishy. Squishy. Yeah. She's great into squishies. Yeah. She, so, yeah, that that's kind of like all my thoughts at the moment. Um, whether or not we go through that cycle or maybe we don't go back to that cycle, I don't know. That's just kind of what I, what I, what I get from this. Um, and so how does this affect, Nathan, the average player in the Soul 2 and the MLA? How does this affect the average player that's in gold and platinum, you know? Like, what, what does that mean? Well, obviously, the biggest one, everyone's going to be stressed out. Like, oh my God, did I put spend all this time for Champion Mastery and the game's just going to go a completely, like, a very skewed direction. Yeah. You know, obviously, what we've been saying. Yeah, um, Yeah. I mean, we, we've we talked about this on the podcast before, the importance of Champion Mastery, sticking through champs, even through bad metas. And the mindset you switch to is how can I adapt my champion in this current meta or in this current state of game? You know, you have lots of options for it. You have you do have runes, you do have items. You know, I said that example of okay, Karzik yep. suddenly builds the black yep. cleaver, Gore drinker, drinker yep. you know, you know, all that sort of build. So th- it is possible. Well, if this ties back to what Will said when when I asked Will, Nathan's client, I asked him how important is meta? And he said, meta's really important, but not the way you think it is not changing your champ pool, but changing the way you play your champion. My philosophy when it comes to metas, it's better to be too slow than too fast every single time. And what I mean by that is like, say the meta changes massively. Mm. You jump the gun. Great. Like let's, let's, I'm going to actually oh, so use you've an, been taking your time. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to use an example of a recent one. Yeah. I was wrong with Ari. Ari got, was, was strong when she got reworked like two months ago, whatever it was, like a long time ago. My theory was that they're going to gradually nerf her until she, because she's been weak for so long that she wasn't going to be a thing. So I didn't put any time into Ari, but Ari was actually around for quite a long time. Now, if you were lucky enough, or not lucky, but if you're one of the average players that said, yes, Ari's meta, I'm going to pick her up, you actually would have got a lot of LP. You actually would have, if you rode that high and and played Ari that entire time, you actually would have got a lot of LP. But I believe that's an outlier. Most of the time when a champion gets buffed or they become meta, they fall out of flavor very, very quickly. So that's, that's, if someone picked up Ari and they got all that LP over the past two months, great, thumbs up, excellent. But that's not always how it goes. That's best case scenario. There's a world in which this meta, this patch comes out, you jump the gun, you pick up, you, you say, screw screw LeBlanc, I'm not playing LeBlanc anymore, I'm going to play Cassiopeia. Boom. You know? And then the the you play Cassiopeia, and then three weeks later, they shift the numbers again, LeBlanc's actually in a good spot again, and then boom, you're like, well, why did I just waste three weeks? That's right. So I would always, again, my principle, wait, try and adapt your current pool to the meta, then... Wait to see how it pans out a little bit. Be a little bit slow. Miss out on some short-term LP to put yourself in a better position in the future. Because then you have more clarity. You'll see what's going on, the way the game is planned. We're going to talk about this. Don't worry, we'll talk about this on the BBC, etc. That way is better, I think. 
What do you think, Nathan? Because I'm just I'm just thinking about here my champo of this last year. So, mm. like I pretty much played Rexai, you know, Zinzao. Zinzao was strong, so I sort of like sort of went on the matter, but I was lucky because I sort of had champ mastery from last year playing it when it wasn't that strong. Yeah. But so my pool right now, my two main champs is Rexai and Volley Tank Full Tank Sunfire Volley Bear. Two completely different playstyles, but they both work. And these these are the champs that I've gotten to challenge with, right? It's like interesting. It's like, geez, the, the game's actually in a really good state right now, I think, in a way. Especially in terms of versatility for champions and yep. stuff like that, you know? Agreed. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit concerned for definitely my Rek'Sai, 100%. It's going to be interesting the way that I adapt. Because, I mean, I, I don't even know if you can play Rek'Sai, like, tanky bruiser. Like, I guess you sort of... I guess he sort of is well, with Nathan, Death Dance, okay, let's, stuff. let's back it up a little bit here. We've got to dip, take ourselves out of the argument here. Of course you're adapting to the meta in GM+. Plus. Yeah. That's right. We, we, yeah. We gotta, of course. We, we, if you're Grandmaster Plus or Master Plus, you've got to adapt to the meta, period. Mm. Right? In some way, shape, or form. That's not the case for in Gold and Platinum. Yeah. We've got to be careful yeah. here. It is. And at the end of the day... You're saying if a Rek'Sai player, Nathan, in your soul too, who's in Gold, mm. put all this champ master into Rek'Sai, they just can't play Rek'Sai anymore. Yeah, no, that's not the that's case. That's just not the case. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Curtis, we've reviewed you know thousands and thousands of games. Games are not won and lost from... Over the long span, over the, the total, your journey, they're not lost from your champion. No. They're not. They're, it's about decision making. It's like, I didn't count how many people were here. I took a bad fight here. I I did a bad gank here. That's how you lose games. I, I, I didn't, I stopped hitting my cans for two, three minutes. Mm. You know, I didn't get this drag around the opportunity. I didn't dive on this stacked wave. That's actually why you lose games. It's got nothing to the champion. And that is an important measure. I think that's the way we should like end this whole conversation about, you know, the meta will come and change us up. But from experience, from like, the way I think about the game, it's, it's about your decision making in terms of reading the map. Uh, you know, getting that game knowledge, yeah. learning about what your team wants, what the enemy okay, team so, wants. Okay, so but but I think at, one thing I also want to talk about here, Nathan, is that Nathan, we're very feel oriented players in the sense that like we don't look at a patch and study the numbers and like and try and this. forecast like how that numbers are going to change everything because we've never played the game that that way through numbers. I couldn't even tell you barely any numbers of anything. Mm. I'm all feel in everything, so. What's, what's the cooldown of Vlad W, Curtis, level one? It's like 25 seconds-ish. Oh, you actually do not. Fizz E? It's roughly. Fizz E. I think it's like level one. Uh, it's pretty long. I think it's like 15 seconds or something. Okay. Well, I guess that's Well, I don't know. Why don't you numbers. test it? I don't know. If these, I'm just pulling these out of my ass, dude. I, don't, I actually don't know. Let's, let's check. I think Fizz E is like 20 seconds, isn't it? Fizz 18? I guess it's 18. Long. I'm gonna get roasted. It's so funny, we don't even know this. I was like a, you made it because Curtis made it, and he can't even tell you. Guys, feel it. I reckon 18 seconds. You think 18? What yeah. I, I said 15, 15, right? Here we go. Drum roll. Here we go. E. Where is it? Playful. Cooldown level one, 16. I said 15. Oh, That's just feel, dude. I don't know. Yeah. In my head. Yeah. So I, I don't know numbers shit, right? I don't know. I don't really know anything about that. But um, the point being, right, we, this, there's going to be a patch. And we'll go, we'll go through ve- ve- with the numbers in a second, though, very, very roughly. Um, you got to feel out what, how it's going to affect the game. Like, my, like the first few weeks when this comes out, like the first two weeks, I'm actually going to have, like, no expectations. expectations. Yeah. I'm literally just going to play as if I were playing on the past patch. I'm yep. just going to play That's normally. Right. Yep. Like, literally identical to what I was doing before. And then and then and then feel it out, and then adapt accordingly. 
Like, uh, the exact same thing happened to me when I was playing Casio in the preseason. I said this in one of the last episode, previous episodes where I was having a lot of success with a very particular build with Casio in the preseason. New season rolls around, numbers get changed. The build of the way I was playing Casio just didn't work. It didn't work anymore. I could scale into like mid game and I could like 1v9 in preseason. The game changed and I couldn't do that. And I had to play a differing way. So I didn't find that during numbers or reading patch notes. I found that out by playing and testing and, and then going from there. So I've had all these questions in the MLA saying, Curtis, what do I got to build on Fizz now? And how do I play? Is this going to, is Fizz even playable now? Or is X, is X champ playable? I don't know. Let's just, let's just play the game for the, for like three weeks or after that point. And then we'll find out very soon if it is a big, if these changes are as big as they say they are, we'll find out very quickly because you'll know, oh, I just can't kill everyone anymore. I can't kill people in this way anymore. I got to, you know, I can't be, do the Felipe special and only land one shuriken and try to kill someone on Zed. You got to land three now, you know, it's that sort of thing. Um, That's my point. Feel, 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 feel. Love feel. That's what League league needs to be. So I want to, Nathan, yeah, I've got the numbers here. So a few things. So this is, I'm, I'm assuming this isn't locked in. This is the this, this starting point. But they said durability. So all champions plus 70 base health, health growth plus 14, uh, armor growth 1.2, MR 0.8. That base health, the way I'm in, like internalizing that, that's like a Doran's ring. That's a Doran's ring worth of HP. So everyone has an extra Doran's ring worth yeah, of HP. Yeah, which is actually very... That's Doran's a ring, lot. People with Doran's you can tell they're a bit tankier. They're tanky, yeah. Like I remember, does, does any build start with Doran's ring? Depends. Sometimes I feel like Annie's always don't. deceptively tanky early game. It's a big difference between Doran's and no Doran's. Is there really? If okay. you have someone has C-Pot and someone has Doran's, it's a big difference. So yeah. I, and the health growth is massive though, plus 14. That's very big. So that's something to can, can consider. Shields reduced by 10... Heals reduced by 10%, sorry. I don't know if this is right or not, but mine says Grievous Wounds down from 40% to 30% and then enhance 60% to 50%. Why would Healing Reduction go down? On Grievous Wounds. Yeah, why would that make sense? Sustain in fights. Because I thought they would want to attack sustain more. Because they're they're increasing durability. They're increasing durability. But they're also they are reducing increasing healing. healing. Well, basically they're increasing healing. But all heals are reduced, and they're reducing. Oh, they're reducing healings. Okay. So maybe maybe they think it would be too much. It would be like no healing potentially. It's like compensating for it in a way. And then they're reducing healing on like Conqueror, um, Omni Vamp across the board. You know, Gore Drinker, Eclipse, Rift Maker, more. By one or two percent on everything, basically. Um, Bloodthirst had gone down by two percent. Immortal Shieldbow eight to seven. Vamsep to eight to seven, etc. They also reduced percent pen, blighting jewel, and voice staff by forty five percent to forty percent. Last whisper gone down a bit. So a few items there. The Doran's Ring region increases quite nice from 0.75 to 1, which is quite nice. I don't know anything about mana because I'm a jungle and I have full mana because of my all the time. So how does mana change things in lane phase? Oh, I mean, it just change? makes sense, right? Because lane phase is probably going to be more extended. People are more tanky. You need more mana. Otherwise, everyone's just going to so go. So does that mean champions without mana resource will, will be a little bit affected? No. 
because those champs, if you think about the champs that don't have mana, they're actually get they'll get ran over in tank metas. Like because uh, the misconception, right? The misconception in tank metas is like, oh my god, we just got to play um, Yone and these champions that like that that build scaling and don't have mana. The problem with those champs is they take too long to scale. What's the one thing we all know about tanks? They spike way earlier than everyone else in the game. They get like a bramble vest and they get their level six and they running you down. Like they don't need Tarby's bramble vest. You can't, you know, you're not, you're not playing the game. They're just going to take too long to scale. I think champs like Yone and Yasuo, according to this, if, if it goes as planned, they will struggle more Interesting. than and other assassins. And it's, yeah, because they are technically assassins in a way, right? Okay, that's true, yeah. Um, that's what I think anyway. Typically, that is the case as well. I mean, there is the odd Yasuo player every now and then, but I would say that is definitely going to be way harder. Um, and then the increasing damage from uh, Baron and turret damage increase as well. Oh, the Baron one's interesting. So, so you... Mm. you so Towers do more damage. Towers do more damage. But Baron's harder to get, which is sort of like extending games. Yeah. And forcing... But they probably also made it like because everyone's tankier, they want it to just do more damage because they okay. want it to be threatening. Obviously, okay, they yeah. want it hard to do, obviously. Yeah. Which I think that, that will get kind of evened I out with that, how tanky everything is. Yeah, so it won't really matter because be, people are going to be tanky in every game anyway. That's true. Because so, again, like... I mean, do you... Like, dude, Leandre's is going to be pretty... Strong, but if, would you agree, Curtis? The sentiment: a forty game, forty minute games, fun in League of Legends. Is forty minute games fun? Again, like I, 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 I mean, they are satisfying to win, though. Yeah, I mean, if you win a forty minute slog first, like yeah, you come out of the game, you think you're like Superman, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I don't think fun's the right word. Yeah, I think they're satisfying when yeah. you win them. When you lose them, they hurt a lot. I mean, as a jungler, I I, I cannot stand forty-minute games. Yeah, because junglers get so useless. useless that's yeah. why. Yeah. I so mean, I'm not. Having yeah, fun. but dude, it might. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's the key thing. Like, I think the game pace that it is right now is fantastic. I, I think it's good. Again, I'll be biased because I play early game junglers, but mm. I'm fan of the game pace because games can go long as well for sure mm. if you start making mistakes as it should be punishable and your objective bounties so what, I, what I'm really interested Nathan is okay so let's say everyone sees all this right and then and obviously people start maybe picking more on or whatever it is right and then and then in mid people jump the ship and they're like um great we're gonna play Cassio with Leandres we're gonna play Victor we're gonna play Azir we're gonna play all these champs right I wonder if like people will just like jump the bandwagon too early and then people will realize, wait, they're just blind picking X champ now. We can, we're just going to go multi-threat. We're just going to pick like Elise. We're just still going to pick the same thing. We're going to pick like Elise in LeBlanc. You know, we're just going to pick Fizz, yeah. you know, Rek'Sai. You like, just do whatever you want because you, you're against yeah. a Zia mid and her own top. You yeah, do whatever it doesn't you matter. Want. It's yeah. like you can do whatever you want. Like I, I've got a feeling that like... That would be in good. solo That's queue, ideal. it might not change. It, it might not like, like a really controversial. I don't know. Again, these numbers are so hard for me to contextualize. Like, yeah. how much does this really mean? Mm. What does this really actually mean? You're not so, going to know until you're not going to know until you feel it out, right? So, I think the main learnings so to, to wrap this one up, Nathan, is that what's going to happen? It's going to be pandemonium, right? Everyone's going to panic. Everyone's going to be like, "Oh my god, my champions dead! I just picked up LeBlanc. What a waste of time!" Or I just picked up Rexai. What a waste of time! Or whatever it might be, right? That's going to be the, the the default response. It's the end of the world. I put all this time in champ mastery. First things first, play as if you legit nothing happened. That's my first my first piece of advice. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nathan. Play I as agree. if 
Nothing changed? That's what I'm doing. That's yeah, what that's I'm what doing. I'm going to do as well. <laughs> I'm doing the, feel it out. I'm playing Brexit with the same build. Feel, feel, feel. What feels good? What doesn't feel good? What feels... What's changed? What feels different? Identify what feels different. Then from that point, try and adapt the way you're playing your champion. Don't change champ. Try and adapt the way you're playing your champion. Right? Like Nathan was referring to before with Kha'Zix, maybe there's a different build. Um... Same thing for mid lane. Maybe you're going Everfrost, Cassio. Maybe you go Leandris. Maybe you're playing uh, Luden's, uh, Luden's LeBlanc. Maybe you're playing a lot more Everfrost LeBlanc, being more facilitative. You know, you've got to adapt the way you're playing your champion. I think that's step number one. Step number two, sorry. Then, if it's been like three weeks or something, you, you know, it's been a while, you started to realize, okay, th- this is actually quite a significant change. Then, at that point, you might be able to add in a champ or remove one of your champs in your pool and, and, and swap them out. That's only after trying your best to try and make them work, obviously. Is that pretty fair? To oh, that's say? Right. I like I it. That's pretty fair that's to a good say, summer. right? Yep. And um, I'm excited. I, 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 I hope I, from the from the notes we read from Riot, it seems like they're aware. They don't want really... They're, they're aware of the, the downsides. Yeah, I think yeah. they're saying some good they things. They seem aware of like what yeah. we're concerned about. So what we're being concerned about, Nathan, our concerns are really long games, less forgiving, Healing more is, forgiving, sorry. is still just longer games, longer, longer fights. Games, longer fights. Sustain just too it's annoying. Just, and then and, and just games get stalled out. It just turns into like a, a snooze fest. That's what we're a little bit worried mm. about. We still want that unforgiving approach where it's like 2v2s, 3v3s, go, 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 invades, ganks. You know, we want the fast-paced game, right? If, I, if I'm a jungler and I have an early game where I set up two different dives and I deny six waves of minions from the enemy team, I should still I should win, the be game. win the game. Yep. If it doesn't happen, that's, that's concerning for me. That's right. You know? Yep, that's right. Or the kill doesn't happen when it should happen. Yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, That's we right. like get triple kill on the dive. That we have a full sacked wave. We have like all the tank champs. We have yeah. like Leona tank and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know that would be concerning. So yeah, so I think we leave it there. Is there any any other final comments on this one, Nathan? I'm ex- very excited to see what the next couple of months looks like. Agreed. Agreed. Um, dude, it's giving me flashbacks to 2016, dude. 2016, 2017. It's going to be the whole. It could be the whole cycle again. The repeat. There, it could be the repeat. If, 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 yeah, if the cycle. I mean, you know, talking about the cycles. Mm. If we see it and then it goes back to damage, it'd be so funny because then you just know this is you just the way know how it's going to go, yeah. and that's where the game is going to be. Yeah, they've tried like pretty much just. They've tried a lot of things. They have tried a lot of things. This is going to do a full long circle. So it just again. goes damage, and then it goes tanky sustain. Then it goes damage. Yeah, then it goes damage. I, I, I would love if it actually does kind of default back to the meta like it did in twenty sixteen. Like I said, it it, it, it might. And we see more GPE, we see the we see the Nah, the Maokai, the Orn, the Scion, whatever. And then it kind of goes into that, like maybe tank tank junglers come back up a little bit, but then there's still the counterplay from the Kindreds and the Nidalees. If it kind of does that full cycle, then it'll be so interesting if it follows the same pattern where like the Camille start to come back and the Fuhrer start to come back and the Jax and the Aurelia, and then it does that full cycle again. Yeah. It'd be so interesting yeah. if that would have happened. Mm. And same thing with mid lane. Because just tying, I'm trying to think about the flow-on effect of mid lane because mid lane meta stayed the same or similar for a pretty bloody long time. The only things that came in and out, Vlad came in and out of the meta here and there. Vlad became a thing. Uh, Akali comes in and out here and there. Uh, LeBlanc comes in here and there. Yasuo comes back here and there. TF comes back here and there. Like They're the champs that always come in and out depending on what the comps do. Um, but yeah, just Victor, Zia, Cassio, etc. Kind of rise in priority a bit, but be interesting. Rise. 
I think Rise is so bad right now. Really? Yeah, he's like, they just fucked up with Rise. And I will say, um, that I was saying this off camera before, still to this day, Vlad is the worst design champ in league history. Up there with Yumi, obviously. But it, it really, like tying back to with this whole topic about healing in the game as well and how healing is so hard to balance. How do you ever balance Vlad? Like how? A no resource healing champion. Right, no resource, no, yeah, no mana, healing it just, it just, yeah. it just. Yeah. I guess the thought process is you balance it's him. It's completely by... dictated by items. Yeah. And amount of grievous wounds in the game and how durable he can get. He's immobile. Oh, it's just ugly. Like that's sort of. I just think they really it. messed. Like they need to rework Vlad. Like, yeah. like they, they do. I agree. It's his kid. Doesn't the kid is outdated. Just, it's yeah. so goddamn outdated. Because just and the reason I thought about this is because again the whole healing thing like. Where's Vlad? And Vlad got buffed, a huge armor buff. Like he could get, Vlad could get out of control this, so oh quickly. God, he can, me. he can get out of control. Like he's like oh the one, no. like Vlad is one of those champs that is just randomly in a meta, he'll just pop up and it'll be, it'll just be out of control. Oh no. <sighs> Vlad is my most hated champion league. Let's just read just heads up. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, is there anything else? Or do you want to mailbag? I think we'll jump into mailbag. Right. It'd be interesting. And, but before we leave us comments. What what the what are, viewers, are. what are the viewers thinking about this? What, how do you interpret all these changes? Give us your thoughts. Away we go. Jingle 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 song. First question here comes from Lisa. Title of this email is mental issues within league. That's just the that's what we that's the expertise. You come to the right place. Sit down. Sit down. Pull up a chair. Pull up a chair. <laughs> Hi, Curtis and Nathan. I'm writing to you guys from Singapore. Sorry if my English is not good. I'm using a translator and my friend to write to you. I'm a big fan of the BBC podcast, even if I may not understand it due to my English, but I know what you guys are saying feels right. I have this issue where I have thought sometimes to do self-harm in the form of discipline. Self-harm for is that like self-sabotaging? Is that what she means? Yeah, it's not scary. Like, it's getting dark quickly. Not actually self-harm. <laughs> Again, the English might be a little bit off here. So. It's getting dark quickly. Uh, so how do we interpret that? Self-harm informs I'm of assuming self-sabotage. Self-sabotage, yeah. So yeah. it's like you procrastination, all that sort yeah, of stuff. Like yeah, like intentionally feeding. Yeah. Maybe you're playing worse. Yeah. Tilt queuing, maybe. That's, that's the way we're going to interpret that, Lisa, right? Yeah. Anything that I do massively wrong, it's sometimes my thought to do so. I do not actually do it as I suppress physical actions and thoughts. Or maybe she actually does mean that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think so. I just hate the fact that it just comes up sometimes. Am I too emotionally invested? Okay, so she's very... She gets... When she, like, fucks up, she gets angry. Yep. Am I too emotionally invested into the game or do I have such high expectations of myself? I've always been told by my friends that I'm really good at the game even though I'm sitting around plat. I do not think that is the case because I always just sit around here from plat one to plat four all the time. I never hit promos once. I do not like meeting other people's expectations of me as that causes me pressure on myself. I do not have many expectations of myself though. I just want to hit diamond for once in my life and settle down. Settling down is not in plan anymore. I finally achieved what I wanted. I want to know your thoughts and opinions on how to deal with these problems. So it sounds like, yeah, she gets insanely, insanely angry. angry. Yeah. Um, okay. It seems like there's a whole, there's many things at play here. 
a few things that come to mind. Number one, like friends are not helping by saying that you're good. Like yeah. that's like doing more damage yeah. than I, I, it's coming from a good place. Like their friends are like, oh, you're already so good. You know, Lisa, oh my God, you're so good. You're going to get done before so easy. <laughs> but you know, it's no, like you're not like, you have to, it's the reality. You got to accept your level of play. Like for that, sure. Nathan says this all the time, but it's so goddamn true. It's like step number one is just realizing you're not as good as you think you are. Like just accept where you're at. Cause a, a mistake I'm going to refer back to a previous episode, right? Where, okay, I had a client. I'm going to call him out Daniel in the MLA. He's also in the, the book club, right? I love Daniel. And we did this review and he said, Curtis, you know, I'm so disappointed in myself this game because, you know, I, I want to play really good League of Legends. You know, I should be playing. This is my expectation. My expectation is that I play beautiful League of Legends every game. And I said to him, so Daniel, what does a beautiful game of League of Legends look like? Right, and he said all this stuff. He said, no deaths, you know, not dying to gangs, flawless mechanics, you know, awareness of everything. Said all this stuff, right? I'm like, okay, Daniel. Okay, great. I agree. The fact that you think you're going to do that every game is delusional. If he could do that, even thirty percent of these games, he'd probably challenge the player. No, no, he's not going to do that thirty percent. Not even close. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even if he could do thirty percent of the (laughs) games, he would be challenger. I know. Yeah, so he's doing that probably one in every fifty games or something. You know. Anyway, the point being is that Lisa here, I'm assuming, has an expectation of. Well, she says she doesn't, but I think it's clear. It is because 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 if you're getting really really angry over a game or mistakes that you make. The way I interpret that is that you expect that you shouldn't be making those mistakes. Like if you, if if you're very, let's say you're you're learning how to drive, and like you're you're only in the first few hours, and then you like slightly like go out the line, you're not going to beat yourself up saying, "Oh my god, I'm the worst driver of all time. I just want to give up. I hate this." No, it's like you're a learner. You got the nice little L play on the back of your car. Everyone knows you're a learner. You've embraced that you're a learner. So who gives a shit? Right, that's expected. It's expected that you're gonna make mistakes, and I think whenever I get these messages from people, it, it, it the the number one thing I always say is that, like you said, accept where you're at. Stop thinking that this that you were capable of anything more than this at this current moment in time. The 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 pain of a mistake should not be so great that it makes you lose control. And I'm gonna tie back to one more analogy here. That analogy where you you know when you're playing rumble and then you get the heat and say that's your anger you want the heat to get to the orange part where you can use that it's it's actually it's at a it's at a, like a really good level your max intensity you're putting a lot of focus you're internalizing the negative experiences turning that into learning remembering stuff if you let that heat go too high what happens you overheat red danger zone you can't use your abilities you can't use your abilities you're incoherent you're done. It's a perfect analogy, Curtis. It's a perfect analogy, right? So you've got to make sure you're in the orange zone. Yeah, so when I make mistakes, I'm, I'm, you know, pissed off, especially mistakes that I make all the time. You know, I am relatively pissed yeah. off. Again, I'm, I'm being emotionally invested in the game is good. That means you care, you want to improve. Yep. That's normal. Yep. But I'm like, okay, like Nathan, you know, and this is what we talk about reviewing, you know, sometimes the next day, all that sort of stuff. It's Before like, your next block. Sit back. What's going on? Like, let's figure out some trends, you know? Like, again, but you can't 
you can't expect yourself to just be, you know, as Daniel playing perfectly. It's just, you don't just suddenly, like what, what happens? Like Daniel joined the MLA. He's been reviewing for three, four months and like suddenly he's playing perfectly every game. That's not how it works. Like that's impossible. No. You know, it takes years. Yep. You know, like I'm, I'm barely like, you know, I'm a challenger we should, player. We should do the mistakes that we made. Like yes. we should, what I was actually thinking of doing, Nathan, mm. was doing a fail montage of me and, you I like, and I, posting I a fail montage like of our gameplay yep. on the BBC channel. Yep. We could just sit there and just talk through these mis- how basically the mistakes yeah, are. Like, like, get a like, montage. Yeah, get a montage of fail failures yep. to show you that can make these mistakes, mistakes at, at, like, at this level. I make these mistakes. We make mistakes yeah. at this level. Yeah. I'll start collecting clips right now, Curtis. Yeah, I'll do it as well. Make a little folder. Yeah. I like that. Just to sort of show people. Just to show the quality. We make some dumb decisions, you know? Like, yeah. we make mistakes, mechanical blunders. But we don't we, beat ourselves absolutely up, you know? No. Obviously, our consistency, you know, is going to be way higher than the yeah. average player. But, yeah, you I mean, you can't beat... You just can't because there's so many things... Like, all it takes is one little slip-up of your mind or maybe you think about something else in the game or something and the mistake you will make looks bronze, but it's not, yeah. you know, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, that's yeah. how easy league is like, to fuck up. Again, I, will, I, will, I love that. I think it was like a Street Fighter guy made a video talking about um, like the difference between like the elite Street Fighter players versus like the, the lower ranked players. And and the difference is is mainly like is consistency. Like the, the, the lower rated player can play and do some things similar to like a challenger Pros, player. Yeah. But then they would they would just completely miss another thing or, or throw out, throw the game like that. But a challenger player wouldn't wouldn't make as many mistakes. You know, they might make that one mistake, but they're not gonna. They're just so much more consistent across the board. You know, it's it's not like a challenger player can go into a normal game and like one v nine on like Yumi support. You know, no, it's just not yeah, gonna happen. No. Like I, this is so funny. So I've been playing with my girlfriend in normal games sometimes. Like, should my girlfriend play a bit, playing a bit of league? She's learning. She's learning the game, right? She's got the ultimate coach by her side. <laughs> and I've been playing some normal games with her. Like, I play like... What is role she to play? She's about ADC. She plays a bit of ADC, AD carry at the moment. Um, and it's so funny. I go into these normal games with her, right? I'm on my main account. And I'm playing... I'm like ranked 30, whatever it is. And I'm playing... I'm a big challenger for like seven, eight seasons. And then I'm, <laughs> I'm versing players that are like silver, gold, whatever, right? And I'm playing support and I'm just chill. I'm just autopilot. I'm playing whatever. Like I played Maokai support, like Emacs. I'm playing like just Jana, ran- random shit, right? And it's so funny because like these players, like they're, they're killing me and they will type stuff and they're probably so shocked that like they're killing me. Like in their mind, like they're silver and I'm dying. They're, imagine what their narrative is like. Imagine like what what's that's doing to their yeah, mind. It's like that player just gets lucky with teammates. He's actually shit. He must be boosted by some sort of champ or something like well, that. Yeah, that's well, why he's at that. Yeah, right. I don't know what the narrative would be, that's but it's so it interesting. Be. It's like it's like I'm just chilling, but like they, they automatically assume that I'm going to be some god that's breaking the game. That I'm going to go in and play with my feet on the keyboard <laughs> on any champ. Yeah. I'm just going to have a damage buff <laughs> that's going to allow me to do all this stuff. And even Vivian, my my girlfriend, she even gets confused. She even gets kind of annoyed at me. She's like, "Why are we losing?" I'm like, "I'm not. You're the Eddie Carry. <laughs> I'm just chilling, you know." She's like, "I should never lose. I have a challenger player yeah, on my team." Like it's it's just the 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 misconceptions of a high low players. It's so interesting. Mm. you know mm. um so yeah this all ties really back to expectations and emotional regulation you're going you're playing rumble on max heat yeah emotional see. regulation and so we've given tips for this in the past but really simply 
you know, your emotional regulation comes, you got to find your toolkit, what works for you. You got to alter your schedule, alter your process. Maybe you like to review before the next block instead of after each game. Maybe you, you actually need to walk away from your PC. Maybe you need to take deep breaths in lull states. Maybe you need to listen to a certain playlist of music before games or whatever. Maybe you need to review straight away and get into the details in order for you to cool, calm, be cool, calm, collective for the next game. You got to find what works for you, Lisa. There is no... There is no cookie cutter solution for mm. this. And like Nathan said, the, 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 the review and the details is the medicine. Helps so much. Yep. You can get to realize Anything what's else? going on. All good. I think that will help her a bit. Moving on here. This is from Nathan. I love Nathan's. Title of this email is Twisted Fading Low Elo. Probably a quick one because you've probably heard this millions of times. Mm-hmm. Hello, Nathan and Curtis. My name is also Nathan. I'm a bronze TF Vega, sometimes Oriana main on NA, and I've been playing for about a year, but only the last five, six months started playing ranked regularly. Three block at least once a day with reviews. Excellent. A little background. I played in season zero, on and off with friends and into seasons one and two, but my main game of choice was StarCraft 2. Um, I had a lot of anger issues I had to work through in order to comply to climb due to my very bad mental and I had to stop playing the game once I hit masters because I was burnt out from past inability to emotionally regulate myself. And that's, that's talking about Starcraft, Master right? and Starcraft? Yeah. Interesting. You get really angry at yourself. And again, that's interesting because it's an individual game. It's an individual game. Yeah, that's very right? interesting. Um, so yeah, he struggled in terms of his mental state and measure in an individual based game where it's only you to blame. So he might be really, he must have been really hard on himself. I fixed many of my problems via climbing and through my military services last year. Mm. I played Twisted Fate back in the old days as well as Old Rise. I started relearning the game with Valkos, but eventually went back to TF because my past RTS experience with map awareness gets value with him and I enjoy the champ immensely. I got much better with TF watching Curtis's guides and still think, still reference them now and again to refresh on certain concepts. I remember hearing Curtis say that TF and low elo is probably not a good choice because map awareness should be developed later and laning develops sooner and that it is too hard to lane with TF. My win rate with TF is currently 64% win rate, but Vega's 49. And generally, I have a harder time winning with Vega than TF. My Oriana games are hit and miss and only play her occasionally, but I can usually get a win or if not win, then I can play relatively well in a, as a bronze player. Should I continue to main keep, keep maining TF in my champ pool or double down on Vega, Oriana for the other concepts that will teach me? Just out of interest, I just Googled what the ranking system is like in StarCraft. Mm. Master's the top 2%. Wow. So it goes bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond, master, then grandmaster. Yeah. So it's a very similar league, except there's no challenger. Which is, and there's, yeah, that's, and there's no iron. And grandmaster's a thousand players, which is cool. So he's really good at StarCraft. Um, look, man, it seems like it's working for you. If it works for you and you love the champ, you can play it. The reason I put that caveat in my TF guide, like back then, back in the day, was it's just, it's hard. It's not easy to climb with a champ like TF because you're very, you're not a carry, right? And you're very, it requires a very unique style, a very unique way of playing the game. Yeah. Like, so if it works for you, it works for you. I wouldn't like, just be, just because I said that and you're, if you're winning with it, don't change it. Um, what I would recommend is keeping an eye on it only if you start to get extremely frustrated and you feel like you're putting all this effort in and it's still like, like you're still not winning with it. That's when I would probably start to hang up the boots and try something else and then revisit it in like gold, like high gold. 
that would be like high gold low plat that would be really nice um so if it's working if it ain't broke don't fix it i always i always say if it's working it's working um but keep an eye on it is what i say keep an eye on it but you should only be playing two champs by the way yeah, that's just the and by the way, the whole thing about him having no success with Vigar and success with TF, it could just be he just has a metric ton of share mastery with TF. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Right? Like, that just could be it, you know? And he needs to learn things about Vigar. Share mastery. Share mastery, man. Just share mastery. Do you have a Vigar guy? No. You actually don't. No. Interesting. Maybe that's why, because he doesn't have the Curtis Vigar guy. Potentially. Potentially. All right. Uh, next question here comes from Deegan. Hey guys, love the show. This is my first season. I've tried to push my rank. I was placed at Silver 4 and decided to play support and eventually found I really enjoyed engaged supports, Leona and Nautilus. I hit goal 4 before getting coached where he showed me just how much there is to league and introduced me to some good resources including this podcast from that coach. Just dropped from plat 3 to plat 4 and I just started the 3 block to try and continue further improving. The goal is diamond, which might be too bit of too much of a goal, but I think I can do it. Anyways, when I review my VODs, I feel like I don't get much out of it. I'll skip around and watch my deaths or team fights we lost, but rather than obvious blunders, I have a really difficult time knowing if I played my role properly. Mm-hmm. If I carry isn't fed or they don't have someone that's fed, I'm pretty much just flipping the queen on to engage or peel. If I do learn anything, I can't really apply it into my next games and I feel like I'm just stuck in this loop of questions I can't figure out, the answers to in the VOD. I'll get frustrated at not getting much out of the process and I've started to regress a lot. My last 15 games have been making bronze level mistakes where I thought these were things I had fixed on my client to plat. Dying to ward, engaging fights that are clearly unwinnable and have been a huge detriment to my teams. So TLDR... Plat three for plat three, plat four support. Having trouble with finding answers, solutions in the VOD review. Typically in team fights, and I'm having trouble translating any knowledge in my next games. At least a frustration where I play at a much lower level. So he's struggling to find things in reviews. I, I feel like that sometimes people, the way people think about reviews, and you know how we talk a lot yeah. about people don't really emphasize just one thing. Oh, like people yeah. want like this review and they want, okay, all these mistakes, all these mistakes, all these mistakes, all the, there's 15 mistakes in this game. And that's what, that has to be how every review is or something like that. Or like, yeah. But like, I mean, in my reviews, it's literally like, you know, the end of review thing. It's like, um, let, let's let's say you're watching Core JJ play Leona, right? He does a certain thing early game, right? And you're sitting there, you're like, oh, that's interesting. He does that here with the wave, or like he uses his wards that way. Just just focus on that. Just in your games, you know, just chip it away at it. One thing, like people think that there's just every answer is in one game. It's just not. Games change all the time. Do you have experience with this, Curtis? Yeah. So I'm actually gonna call out someone in the MLA for this one. I love getting people because this is out. basically what we're talking about here is learning how to get value from reviews yeah okay so nori is someone in the mla who obviously is trying to really take his journey seriously puts a lot of time a lot of effort and he roasted me recently i gave him a learning objective that was basically um it was like he needs to improve like basically his mid game and how to like kill the nexus essentially how to like really be a high impact player in mid game and it's very it's you know it's not a simple learning objective in the sense like that you just tick it off and then you know it once you know it you know it it's like there's many many things that go into play when it comes to mid game many 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 things and so the learning objective i gave him was i go to like the pivotal moments in a review and then figure out what what you could have done differently 
before that, kind of reverse engineer after that point, right? Before that point. What happens if I went to that lane instead? Or what happens if I right, didn't so go to that So things you'd fight? be looking for, you'd be looking for a fight that you're really late to, or a dragon that you contested that you shouldn't have contested, or a lane assignment that felt really bad and your jungle's playing on the other side of the map, or um, your, you know, you failed Dover Botler, whatever it might be, just a pivotal moment in the game that felt really bad. His response was... I just don't know how to improve that. He gets into the review and he, 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 even if he can't, like, first of all, he struggles to find the pivotal moments, which I don't get. Like the pivotal moment is so easy to find. Like a pivotal moment is just something that is like a game changing event. He's talking about here about team fights. It's like, it sounds like that, that, that's, he thinks that's not that big of a problem. It's like, he's looking for all these other things. He says, you know, he said here, he talked about, um, I flick it around. I see some team fights and stuff, I think. But that's huge. That's huge. Let's it's, get to that. Yeah, You've got that. it. You have the <laughs> yeah. answer. Again, it's like he's looking for yeah. like this, this. Like, yeah, you're probably still making lots of mistakes yeah. in the early game. But if that's something you're clearly identifying, and team fights is really important. If you yeah. know whether you're engaged or pill, that changes the whole thing. Or if you're game. like dying in a skirmish, like that's massive. Yeah. Well, let, so let's say people identify the pivotal moment. Then the next thing he's, that these people say is, I don't know what to make of it. Like, they don't know how to learn from this moment. Like, I can't stress this enough. Don't delude yourself. Like, you're not going to be able to get the perfect takeaway from this thing. Like, yeah, they don't end up doing it because they fear yeah, that they're not learning. Yeah, they're not learning. They're missing things. Yeah. Yes, no shit, you're missing things, but it's better than not doing anything at all. That's right. Like, I say yeah. this time and time and time again. I'm going to use Nori as an example here. When I learned the game, I didn't have someone peering over my shoulder and telling me how to play the game. What did I do? Well, I looked at it. This felt good or felt bad. And then I tried it the next game. Test and, and learn. And then test and learn test and, and fail. Learn. Test, learn test and fail. Test and learn. And test like, and it's learn. like, did I get it right the first time? No. no. Will I get it right the first time? No. And so for people like these other, these, these you know, Nori, my client, and this guy over here, like, even if your takeaway is like one thing and you know, you, you can't break it down any more than that. Like, so that, say here's like a team fight that he was late to. And it's like, oh, I think it's this lane assignment. Or maybe I could have pinged it off or whatever it is. Like, just say one thing you could have done better. Sure, there might have been five different things there. But if you can get one takeaway from that, you're getting better. Because that's one thing you can do next time if you're in a similar situation. You know, you're not going to get every... You're not going to be able to perfectly analyze it with, like, LS and break it down and have 17 takeaways and shit, you know? <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. But it's that journey of trying. It's that process of trying to review it, which matters more than anything. Like, that's it. And, and, and to tie onto it, Nathan, I think you hit, the, you hit the nail on the head here where people, when they get into the review, they, they try to get like 17 learning objectives from it. They try they to want to go them all the takeaways. They want to be able to write an essay about that game. And why this is the best <laughs> VOD for learning. Dude, like I had a VOD the other day where it's like I had a question or something like, um, I gave tempo to the enemy Katarina. The Katarina went bot, got a triple kill. Now, now what do I do? It's like, that's the end of that's review. That's it, done. Thank you. Please stop. <laughs> you, you messed up. Like, stop talking. The game's over. Like, stop. I know the game is maybe not over, but like that's... Yeah, you keep trying, but that's keep, the end of the review. That's the end of the review. That's it. The game from that point is over for that guy in that game. Like, that's it. He's lost control. That's the learning. But he's looking for some like grandiose theory of like all these other things he could have done to win. Yeah, sure. We could get into that, but that's not necessary. It's that's just like, a waste it's, of time and, it's and, a wa- and energy. It's, it's largely a waste of time. Hmm. I'm going to introduce... Today, right here, right now, my favorite analogy for League of Legends. Here we go, Curtis. This is it. This is it. Let's do it. So if anyone from now on wants to know how I think of League, this this is it. Oh, it's here. I'm buckling in, Curtis. 
Snooker. The game of snooker. The game of snooker is League of Legends. Okay? Explain, elaborate, Curtis. So, I was watching the the snooker finals two weeks ago. I was watching all the I watched the quarterfinals, the semifinals. The, I watched them all, right? And I was watching it, and I'm like, wow. What a beautiful analogy for league. So the way snooker works, guys, for those of you, I'll put it really, really simply. There's a bunch of red balls and there's a bunch of colored balls. And the way it works is that you got to hit a you got to hit a red ball in, and then you got to hit a colored ball in, and it's like a point system. So you get like a point for like getting a red ball in, and then the differing colors give you differing amounts of points, right? Now, if you miss a shot. Say you miss a shot and you try to get a ball in and you miss. The other person gets a shot and they can snowball out of control because you've you've set them up in a way, right? So at a pro level in snooker, what happens is that it's a mind game. Does this guy try and go for a shot to get it in? Because if he misses, he grip, the, the game could just be over because the other guy can snowball out of control. You've influenced the ball, the, 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 the board in a way with the other person, you've missed a shot, you set them up, they can just snowball that game out of control. Conversely, if the shot is too hard, what do they do? They will then focus on making the other person's turn as low impact as possible, trying to snooker them. That's what we call snooker them, where they can't hit the ball or it's in such an impossible location. So then, in a way, they're beating each other by sometimes trying to mess up the other person's shot. And that's I feel, I feel like that's like jungle in a way where... Sometimes you win a game of jungle not by making any proactive move yourself. Just defending just every defending play. Matching, yeah. your la- your laners or like matching yeah. the enemy minimizing. person and like minimizing their options. And league at the highest level is a balance and an interplay between making proactive plays, understanding the consequences of your proactive play while also thinking about what the enemy can do, the opponent can do with mm. their turn. You can go for that gank. You can hit that ball. You know, you get closer to your shot, but then they're able to clean up. Yep. Because of that. And, you know, they get more from they get more. the map. You can trade sides of the map, kill the top laner, but then you leave your bot lane exposed and they get more from it. You can get that dragon, but what you miss, you fuck up your tempo. They get rift held in rift top side. You can go for that solo kill mid lane, but now your wave is screwed and now they can TP back and, and now freeze it. It's the, it's the, in every aspect of League is snooker. It's the constant interplay between proactive and reactive decision-making, thinking about the consequences of every single action and weighing that up against what the enemy... And this ties into the pulley system, right? You know, the pulley system we spoke about in the last episode where you have on one side the benefits or the potential advantages of doing one play and then there's the other, the disadvantages of going the other play. Talk about tilts in snooker as well. mm. This is fascinating. So I watched this game. And because they, they play huge amounts of games, right? It's like, I think it's like a best of 36 or something. They play like these long ass series. They play for like four hours and they take a break and come back and do another four hours. It's like, this, it's like a war, right? It's like a war. And I watched this game where this guy, like he had like this shot and he knew that he had to get the shot. And if he got this shot in, he could snowball and he would just win the whole game. Because like the, the board was really like spread out. And when the board's spread out, it's really easy to like get all the balls in. And he missed it. And then what happens, he missed the shot. He knew instant, literally as he hit the, the ball, you should see his reaction. He just knew not only did he miss that shot, he, he lost the entire game off that one shot. 
because he knows the enemy's just going to clean up the board now. So and that was end to, of review for and him. And you can sit, you have to sit through. You can't leave. You can't leave. You have to watch them clean up the board. <laughs> so you have to sit there for now, you know, five minutes, just watching the other guy end the game. And then you got to go to the net, go next. So do you think most, do you think these snooker players review the game 15 shots into the game? No, they're probably asking, why was the game so messed up? Why was I on such a big disadvantage for my first few shots? They probably spend a disproportionate amount of time on the, the break, the first shot, and all of the other, the first shots of the game. It's like the early game reviews. Early game reviews. Like, yeah, you're not going to review it like, <laughs> you're not going to get into the details, you know, 15 minutes into a snooker match. Why? I mean, sure, you might be able to review a point here and there, but the most important, the fundamentals are assuming the early game, you know? I love it's turn-based as well. I use it's turn, turn-based. It's turn-based turn in, well. in an, I use that analogy all the time in the way, you know, think about cooldowns. Dino has no ult. The enemy team has a good opportunity to make a turn now. Yep. Dino has ult again. Now it's your turn. Here yep. we go. And if you do really good turns, you, you're basically always are dominating the, the game. So the enemy doesn't get a turn. You never get them get a turn. You, they, right. you never let them get a turn, yep. which is that same in League as well, where like if you just keep getting good resets, good resets, good resets, you actually just keep them down the entire game. That's right. But if you overstay, they get a turn. How many times have you yeah. guys overstayed on inhibitor? Yeah, you got the inhibitor. You got to play, but guess what? They got Baron. They yeah. aced you. They got Baron, then they win the game. Yeah. So snooker, if you've never watched it, it's a great sport to watch as well. Just watch like a little one on YouTube or something. And you're like, watch it through the lens of this is league. It's fascinating. And the, the psychological aspect behind it as well. The tilt, the side. That's the what tilt? I love how, oh, how, about, great. How, how much it relates to it's league. It's so cool. It's really cool. Um, yeah, it ties back into that analogy. Just focus on the early game. And, 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 and if it is a mid-game thing, just get in the review. Like, go to that pivotal moment. I just don't see what's so hard about that. And and again, you're not going to be able to break it down perfectly. Be humble. Mm. And if it's complicated, bring it to a review. Simple. All right, that's it for a mailbag today, Curtis. Okay. Um, any any final words, Curtis? We've got two, two episodes, away episodes to go. We're still planning. Oh. We're planning. We'll have to stay tuned. Okay. Keep your eyes Peeled. Keep on improving, guys. We'll see you on the rift.